some of us, if not all of us, have favorite words that we hold dear and share with those we encounter on special occasions or we share with our children over time. And uh, if they're not words, then they might be phrases or they might be passages that speak to our hearts that we want to share with others or that means a lot to us. We share those based on our experiences in life, whether they be joyful or they be tragic, in adversity or not. Now, some of the words that we share with people come from, in, from all people from all walks of life. Um, uh, for instance, uh, Amazing Grace comes from John Newton. And John Newton, as you well know, was, uh, was one who worked on ships. He was a, ship, uh, a captain of slave ships that, that brought people from Africa into the New World. And then we might look at words from William Cooper or Cooper um, or Anne Steele or uh, Samuel Medley, right? Or Isaac Watts, people you know, not necessarily in name, not necessarily in person, but in name. And these names are, I mean, I call names there to you and I see some blank looks. People you know, Isaac Watts, if you open the hymnal, there are lots of hymns by him. He's a great hymn writer. Anne Steele, a.k.a. Theodosia, another hymn writer, right, that you'll find in our hymnals. Uh, John Newton, of course, you know, Amazing Grace. And then you have Samuel Medley. Uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Samuel, Samuel Medley today. So Samuel Medley was born on the 23rd of June in the year 1738. And he was born in Chestnut, England. Born to, uh, his mother was, uh, worked in the home and his father was a school teacher. Samuel Medley was taught by his grandfather to be faithful to Christian values. But Samuel rebelled and found boys that were wicked and fitted in very comfortably with them. Boys who were given to ungodly and sinful lives. And then he made a decision to join the British Royal Navy and went out to sea. His life doesn't improve. You know, sometimes we say that if you go into the military, your life will improve. You learn boundaries and you... No, well, this wasn't the case with Samuel. He became more crass and profane as time went on. But in 1759... During the Seven Years' War, his ship engaged a French ship. And in the course of that battle, 
Samuel's leg was severely injured. So much so that one evening the physician aboard the ship told him that if his leg did not improve, by morning they would amputate to save his life. During that night, Samuel remembered his grandfather's words to him. And so he prayed vigorously that his leg would be spared. The next, the next morning, to his surprise, and in fact to the surprise of all aboard the ship, the physician examined his leg and determined that it had healed so well that amputation was no longer necessary. And immediately, Samuel pulled out his grandfather's Bible, the Bible that his grandfather had given him, and he began to read. I imagine that he read the gospel for today, as Moses lifted up the serpent, the bronze serpent on a pole in the desert, in the same way the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not die, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world or to judge it, but to be its Savior. Samuel read the Bible that his grandfather had given him. And when his ship returned to England, he was sent to his grandfather's home to recover. And during his recovery, his grandfather read to him in his sick bed, recovering, a sermon prepared by Isaac Watts. And Isaac Watts, his dates are 1674 to 1748. Remember I told you that Isaac Watts is a great hymn writer. You look in the hymnal, you'll see many, many of the hymns that are there and are, were written by Isaac Watts. So he read this sermon to Samuel, the grandfather read this sermon to Samuel. And Samuel was greatly moved and immediately was restored to Christianity. I tell you the story because the hymn we are going to sing following this message is the hymn, I Know That My Redeemer Lives. One of the great hymns of the church, one of the hymns that Lutherans love to sing on Easter Day. And this hymn was written by Samuel Medley, who became a teacher following in the footsteps of his father, but more importantly, a preacher. He took a special interest in the souls of seamen and servicemen. 
And before his passing, on July the 17th, 1799, he wrote to him, I know that my Redeemer lives. And this hymn is one of the great hymns of praise, a testimony to the power of the resurrection, not just as something that happened in history, but something that is real in the life of the sinner who has come to understand that Jesus is his Savior, her Savior. But what is important about this hymn that Samuel wrote is that it reminds us that God does not leave us alone. God does not leave us alone. Even when we tell ourselves that we have no place for God in our lives, even when we rebel against God, we reject God, it reminds us that God does not leave us alone. That God is still in our lives. Have you ever wondered why God wants to use you? Or why does God want to use us as a church? Or how does God use you? And how does God use us as a church? Think about that for a moment. Such is God's love that God wants you and me and us to be always with God. And I say that because it dawned on me that that's true in my relationship with my children. You always want to be there for your children. And it was true in my experience of my parents always wanting to be there for us. And for those of you who are not yet parents, you children, just as you want your parents to be there for you, you will have that same feeling when you have a family, to be there for your loved ones. Yes, Samuel Medley realized that that was true for him. And the person who best exemplified that love for him was his grandfather. The one who wanted him to remain faithful to Christian values. And I could just imagine that his grandfather prayed regularly for him always beseeching God to be there for young Samuel. And God didn't let him down. 
God came true, turning his life around that he might have that special relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So whether we are a child or a parent, one thing is certain about us. We always want to be a good influence, don't we? We want people to speak well of us. We want to be a shaping influence in the life of someone. If not our children, then someone with whom we build a relationship. Acknowledging that it takes God's presence and power to live a life worthy of Christ, we rely on God's Spirit to guide us individually and collectively to be like Christ who loved God completely and showed his love for God by loving us, all of us, completely. And so that's why the cross that carries the images of people for those in the Americas is a statement about God's love for all people completely in Jesus Christ. So as we sing the hymn, which we'll sing now, this hymn affirms a couple of things for us. It affirms that God lives in us. It affirms that God lives for us and that God lives for us through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And the best way sometimes God shows that is through those individuals in our lives. Those individuals that make a difference for us. Be it a grandfather, be it a parent, be it an aunt, a relative, or Sunday school teacher, a pastor, a teacher at school, God uses those people to shape us and to reaffirm God's love for us. Amen.